morning, everyone. Our first reading, uh, Isaiah um, Solomon told by God that he could have any gift he desired. And as a king, um, he chooses the gift of wisdom, not just any type of wisdom. Um, because uh, there's, uh, using the small w, different types of wisdoms that people put forth. In our second reading from Romans, uh, those who love God can turn with his grace everything into their spiritual advantage, meaning any misfortune, God is able, not that he desires it for you, but uh, he can transform anything. And uh, our gospel puts forth that whatever uh, what God offers is so precious that it's worth every, everything you may have. And um, last night I spoke particularly on Romans and St. Paul, which is a rare thing for me, mostly because I, sometimes it's difficult for me to understand exactly what St. Paul is putting forth uh, when I try to put them with, in line with the gospel in the first reading. My friends, the parables that we've been hearing the past couple weeks, um, they certainly can be applied universally to all people in all time. However, uh, the parables given today, uh, particularly um, the final one, is directed at the scribes and the Pharisees. And the scribes, remember, were people who studied the law, and they made their living transcribing it and interpreting the law. Uh, today, we would call them lawyers. Um, but in ancient Palestine, recall, all the laws were derived from Moses. So they were Mosaic laws, uh, which came from the Torah, or the first five books of the Old Testament. The scribes were experts in both then religious and civil law, as well as being then very versed in sacred scripture. They were very influential in the Jewish life and culture of their time. And because the law was their livelihood, they had perhaps an exaggerated respect for it and a stake in keeping it complicated because you would have to go to them to try and understand it. What am I supposed to do on Sunday? What am I supposed to do on Friday evenings or Saturday evenings for Jews? Uh, what am I supposed to do? And the scribes would tell you. The easier the law became to understand and interpret, the less they needed their services. Uh, and uh, that was not something that the scribes wanted. In comes Jesus. Jesus had warned the people of his time that though the scribes had indeed succeeded Moses as teachers and expeditors of the law, that they should not follow the example that was being shown by the scribes. The scribes disliked Jesus because he had no formal education in the law. The scribes studied the law for years and years. And in comes this rabbi, 31, 32-ish. He didn't study under anybody. And he comes in and uh, he spoke with authority, interpreting the law for the people. Worse, he was trying to make the law more accessible to the ordinary person and easier for everyone to follow and to put into practice. And uh, um, they saw this as a threat to their livelihood. And there we see why there is so much tension between Jesus and the Pharisees and scribes. First parable about buried treasure was something rather common in ancient Palestine. 
They, most people didn't trust banks. <laughs> was, we call them banks, but they had a different name for it then. Um, so they would bury their treasure, also because robbers would come. So they would bury their treasure. And there were, of course, different reasons why families would do so. Um, but should the person die, forget where they buried it, or flee the land uh, where they buried the treasure, they would forfeit the treasure to the person who would legally buy the land from them. Remember, when Jesus gives a parable, uh, we may not understand it. So it's important that you understand, oh, here's what, this is what was going on in Palestine. This is why he said this in this particular way to them. Whoever owned the land owned whatever was on the land, including the treasure. The parable of the buried treasure and the pearl teach a similar lesson. And certainly it is applicable to, to all. However, it had a special urgency for the scribes. Both tell of something of exceptional value, uh, which is unexpectedly discovered and calls for immediate action, uh, lest the priceless opportunity be lost. The reign of God as announced by Jesus Christ is that priceless thing, that buried treasure, that exquisite pearl that has, you can't even put a cost on it. And uh, Jesus is suggesting that people should give up everything that they have in order to acquire this and to keep it. My friends, the scribes in particular who were educated in Scripture and the law should have appreciated the good news and the wisdom that Jesus taught and brought um, and they should have recognized immediately that Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies and promises. But their ego and arrogance and their self-righteousness and their self-entitlement prevented it. And they should have willingly sacrificed everything to obtain what Jesus was giving and not had tried to obstruct it or hinder it in any way, but they did. The parable of the net is similar to last week's parable of the wheat and the weeds. The net is the kingdom of God here on earth, which is open to all, good and evil, with the hope and expectation that the evil will repent and turn to good before the end. But in the event they fail to reform their lives, the contents of the net the kingdom of God on earth will be purged at the end of time with the good separated from the evil and the good rewarded while the evil are discarded and uh, presumably, as Jesus said on a few occasions, thrown into Gehenna. The last, she says it, therefore scribes, he says, each scribe who is learned is like the head of a household who can draw from his storeroom the new and the old. Here Jesus warns the scribes very directly and explicitly that if they wish to enter the kingdom of God, they must know how to draw upon the new revelations of the Messiah who is standing before them, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the ancient teachings and traditions of the law and the prophets. In effect, Jesus tells his church that there is not only continuity between 
his teachings and Old Testament revelation, but that he and his teachings are the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophet. Their prophecies, their expectations, every letter of the law. Wisdom from God is necessary to understand this. And my friends, last night I told the people, life is unintelligible and unbearable without God. I do not understand, I really do not understand how atheists do it. How they walk this earth in a way that makes any sense. Understanding God and his wisdom, it gives us a sense of who we are and where we are going. Only God can give us what we are truly looking for. And when you understand what you really value, only God can give you what you truly desire. My friends, one of the things about the parables, um, the first two talk about the joy, the pearl. Um, we should, as Christians, be overjoyed in finding our place in the kingdom. It does not matter what is going on around us. There was chaos in Jesus' time. There is chaos now in our time. Jesus walked in peace. And everywhere he went, he brought peace with him. And then he directed his disciples to do the same. As Christians, our joy is foundational. It should be a hallmark of our witness in this world. One, because that's what Jesus expects, but two, that's what the world needs. It is an essential to living as disciples of Jesus Christ to have this joy.